touch heaven to the house of the Lord. Communion days are always so special. And uh, I wish to thank the Reed, always blessing me with a special custom-made bread. And uh, someday maybe you all will get to taste some of it too. But you're not going to get a piece of my slice, so th that isn't happening. There's a few privileges that come, right? And we hold on to those and we thank the Lord for them. Father, we thank you, Lord, for again anointing this word. Father, let it be precise, concise. Deliver it like an arrow that hits the, the mark, Father. We thank you for it. Father, this is the word that you told me to bring forth today. So obviously, there's a need, but also there's a faith and a hope. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, I wrote to you, and I started off with this, and this is a lyric of a song, which maybe we'll play a little bit later today. It says, are you down in the dumps, kind of taking some lumps? Are you tired and poor and can't take it anymore? The person who wrote that is quite a character. I'll introduce you to him later. Do you feel like you're getting to the end of your rope? Now, the most prolific writer of the New Testament, do you know who that was besides the words of Jesus? Paul, the epistles. And he gave us one scripture, one scripture that embodies almost everything that he presented all through the epistles, that captures the power of the gospels, that allows us to understand what the New Testament is what the new covenant is. And that scripture comes from the book of Philippians. And it's chapter 3, verse 10. Now, it has become, if you will, a mainstay for me and my faith. From that single scripture, the Lord has poured out into me and through me and to many for the last 25 some years, the power of the resurrection, the revelation of that, but more so than that, the fellowship of sufferings. Let's read it, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed even to his death. Notice this is Apostle Paul. And he's crying out to the Philippians, if you will, challenging them, but also making this a prayer and a declaration at one time. And in this one little scripture, he covers so much that it would take us weeks. In fact, it would take the whole New Testament to teach. But this he says, that I may know him. Him. He's talking about the persons of the Godhead, because to know the power of the resurrection, you must know all three. That I might know him, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Paul is crying out that I might know him. Now, I think we all knew, know that he knew them. He knew who the Father was. He knew the Father mentally. He knew the Father through Torah and the law. He was training to be the replacement of the chief rabbi in Jerusalem. He was his prize student. He was a student of Torah. All of his life, most likely, he spoke multiple languages. He had been raised in that. So he knew about the Father. He knew about Adonai, Elohim, the Hebrew God. 
And he knew about Jesus, did he not? He had an encounter with him on the way to Damascus. And he also was taken into the heavenlies. And he went into that third part of the heavenlies, and what did he say? He said, I, I heard, I experienced things that are unspeakable. I can't even speak them to you. It's unlawful for me to do so because it would put you in a position as if you ate of the tree of the Garden of Eden and contained your sin. Can you imagine? So he knew Jesus, and he knew the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would visit him and tell him, don't go here, go here. Here's what's waiting for you there. Here's what's waiting for you here. Downloading unto him in prisons and houses and on the run and wherever he was at, downloading scripture and revelation to him like nobody before or thereafter. But yet he says that I might know him, which tells us that there's a way to know more about him all the time. The mysteries of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are ours to know. It actually tells us in the Psalms that the secret things of God are given to those who are righteous. So it tells us we need to go after them and pursue them, but to know him and to know him in the fullness of the Godhead or we will never understand the very next edict he gives us and that is the power of his resurrection. You cannot even begin to comprehend the power of the resurrection unless we know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And I'll skip that a moment and come back to it. And then he says, in the fellowship of his sufferings. Because if we deny his sufferings, if we are those who want to believe that what we saw on the cross was all of the sufferings, then we fall into that religious trap that literally takes away the very power of his death and resurrection. It wasn't that he only resurrected from a grave in a, in a tomb and threw off some clothes. It was that he literally descended into hell. Now, some don't like to teach that. Some believe that you know, he just immediately, his spirit immediately went to the Father because he said, unto you, Father, I commend my spirit. What he was saying to him is, you hold on to it and keep it and give it back to me because you're the only one who can. And we understand that in John 17. He says, I, Father, I pray that you give me back the glory, John 17, 5, that I had with you always. And then we understand further that he says, and the glory which you have given me, gave back to me, I give to them, that they may be one even as we are one. The glory is the God stuff. The glory is what Jesus parked with the Father. Because who else could contain the glory of the Son of God but the Father? Nobody else. And very interesting as we go back and understand with the fellowship of sufferings, we first understand the power of his resurrection. Paul put them in an order on purpose. The power of his resurrection we begin to understand in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Who raised Jesus from the dead? 
the glory of the Father. Whose glory was it? It was the glory of the fullness of the Godhead. Because Jesus couldn't take the glory with him into hell and go to hell. Jesus was made sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. Do you think that it's possible at all for a stain of sin to be upon the glory of the Father? Or the Son? Impossible. They don't mix. It's oil and water. You can't have sin and glory. You have glory. And whenever glory burns upon sin, it consumes sin. Sin can't consume glory. Sin must give way. When the prophets of Baal, and they were calling upon the fire to come down, the same fire that blessed the prophets of God, the same fire that purged and made the things new of God, the same fire that couldn't touch Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, that same fire destroyed anybody else who touched it that wasn't clothed in righteousness, didn't it? It consumed those guards that were by the fire. It scared the king so much that he said, this is the true God. That same fire, the glory, raised him from hell. And there's the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The power of his resurrection is understanding the power that raised him from the dead. And that continues to move inside of us today because he gave us that glory. Going back to verse 3 of chapter 6. Know you not that so many of you were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Why is that so important? Because according to the kingdom law of God, every sin must be punished. Correct? According to the law of God, every sin has a consequence. There's no such thing as non-consequential sin. So if Christ didn't take the price for your sin, which, by the way, is death. Death of what? Death of the soul, death of the spirit. Christ spiritually died so that you don't have to spiritually die. Christ descended into hell, and he was punished for your sins and my sins. He took the punishment. It wasn't simply what he took on the way to the cross or on the cross. It was more than that. It was the punishment. And that's why we fellowship with him in sufferings. There had to be a consequence of sin. It tells us in Ezekiel that the soul that sins must die. If Christ died for all of our sins, then he died spiritually. And the dead soul is condemned to hell, not to life, unless there's a second chance. The second chance is the blood of Jesus. So if you've been baptized into death with him and resurrected into life with him, then that tells us that that's the fellowship of his sufferings, isn't it? Now, we could get all religious and think that tells you that you need to be, you know, whipped and have nails put through you and cry and be crucified with crowns of thorns and anguish forever on about your sins. No, that's not the fellowship. The fellowship is the victory over hell. The, fellow, the fellowship is being baptized with him into death, but being resurrected with him in the power of the resurrection into life. So we, we, we run to the fellowship of his sufferings. And we understand that there's a price that's paid. 
for sin. Now we also go to Romans 8. As we're trying to understand the power of his resurrection. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he will give life to your mortal bodies. Who's that spirit? You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? Now, you can't bifurcate the Godhead. You can't say, I got a portion of the Father, I got a portion of... They are three in one. But the manifestation of the Godhead in you is the Holy Spirit. And with that manifestation comes the fullness of the Godhead, which tells us that the fullness of the Godhead in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of glory, raised Jesus Christ from the dead. But wait a minute, it says the glory of the Father did. That's because he is the Spirit of glory. That's because we understand that how the glory of God is imparted into us is by the Holy Spirit. And that's that baptism of fire. The cloven fire that came at Pentecost. A fire that consumes and envelops everything else so that you've been bought with a new price. You and I are not our own. The Holy Spirit has come into a place that's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus through faith. And in that era that now the Holy Spirit can reside and the purity of the glory can be within us. You are a walking temple of the glory of God. You are filled with the fullness of God so much that Jesus says, Father, they are now just like us. Their image is us. Their likeness is us. They're three persons, and the three in one is inside of them. And their three persons have now surrendered to us, O Lord, and the glory of God is in them. Father, give them the glory that I had with you always so they can be one, even as we are one. Made one, the power of his resurrection. But that's not enough because if we stood short there, we would come to the end of our rope because we wouldn't understand how do we activate all of this inside of ourselves? What makes the difference? We go to the book of John, the gospel, the chapter 10, please. And I want to start reading in verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known of them. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And as other sheep I have, which are not in this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore, does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No man can take it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have power, power of the resurrection. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received from my Father. Power, 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 the power of the resurrection, power. The power was ignited by the word of Jesus. The glory is the Father. The Father had the glory. He had the glory of the, of the Godhead. 
The son had parked his glory, if you will, with the father because the glory would have not allowed him to descend into hell. The glory would not have allowed him to take your sin. That's why all of creation moaned and groaned in that third hour of the day when Jesus Christ died. The earth went dark because the glory of the Lord on earth had been lifted. And it was with the Father. And Jesus was able to descend into hell. And Paul said, who is he that ascended but that he first descended? Paul made it very clear. He understood the power. And I liken it to this, to where the Father said when the time was done, and Jesus is crying out as we read in the Psalms, great bulls of Bashan are about me. They're gnashing their teeth upon me. How long will you leave my soul in hell? He cried out. How long, Father? How long does it take for the price to be paid? Because you so love the world that you gave your only Son that whomsoever shall call upon his name shall be saved. How long is for everyone? Well, it can only be compressed in eternity, can it? It can't be done in time. In time, you and I would have to spend all of our time in there on in eternity to pay for our own sins, let alone for anybody else's sins. But God is eternal, and God imposed time into eternity. And on that third day, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the declaration of his own mouth. I laid it down, now I'm taking it up. The Father and the Holy Spirit blast into hell, and the Holy Spirit, in the power of glory, raises him from the dead, and all of hell is blasted, shattered. Sin no longer has a sting. The only power that Satan and his demons and his principalities were about to see was the power of the almighty resurrection power, glory of God. Beloved, we live in a time and in an age where we've, some of us who've lived long enough, we went through drills in school, didn't we? They're sort of senseless now as we look at them, and they'd say the thing would go off, and they'd tell us, crawl under your desks in case there's an atomic bomb, as if that was going to do something for us. But we did it, and we thought we were really, really answering the atomic bomb. It was such power, such power. And then there was a greater bomb, and then a then we had a nuclear bomb and a hydrogen bomb and bomb bombs and more bombs and enough bombs to destroy the earth. Lots of power. We have forces that are put on spears that shoot into heaven and into the skies and they escape gravity and they can keep on going. We have lasers. We're told that there's energy and forces we don't even understand that have been discovered and uncovered. But there is no power like the power of the resurrection. There is none like it, nor shall there ever be. God is omnipotent. <laughs> God is all-powerful. Almighty God raised his son in almighty power, and now he says, I give you that power in my name. In my name. What you ask of the Father in my name, it shall be done. What you bound here on earth is bound in heaven. What you loosen here on earth is loosed in heaven. That is the power of the resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. And then he finally says, Philippians 3.10, and conform to his death. What does that mean? What it means is 
that we conform to his death so that we conform to his resurrection. Jesus is alive and so are you. And so is your hope, so is your future, so are your dreams, so are your visions. So are your children unto the Lord. So is your family line. So are your generations. For you and your house you shall serve the Lord. And the Lord says in 1 John 5, 15, If you pray and love that soul that is not sinned unto death, I will give you that soul. Uh, you have the power to yank souls from hell. What? I'm not telling you about after they're gone. I don't know about any of that. But I do know, I do know what it says. Pluck some from hell. Save their feet from hell that are burning in hell. Speak it. Believe it. I do believe it. You know why I believe it? Because it's better to believe that than the other. You want to be hopeless? I don't think so. I want to be victorious in Jesus Christ. There's something about that scripture that says, I, you, can do all, 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 come on with me, all things. How? Through Christ who? I can do all things. Oh, I, I'm just going to do some things because you know what, Frank, that's too religious for me. I mean, people, Frank, you have that kind of faith. People are just going to say, who's he think he is? I mean, he's teaching, he's teaching some kind of occult doctrine. Really? That my God can do all things as occult doctrine? That God can do all things through you and me, through Jesus Christ who strengthens me? I don't think that's a cult. I call that faith. I call it faith. And the difference between people who are trying to find hope in a hopeless situation is faith. That's the difference. When nothing makes sense, when you're at the end of the rope, when it's fall out, when it seems like there's nothing left to come out, tie a knot. Step on it. Hold on it. You can either climb back up or you'll find there's more rope beneath it. You will not run out of rope in Jesus Christ. Now, look at this. How many of you know what a, what a farthem is? A nautical one. How many of you know what it is? It's six feet. Do you know what they used to do with it? They'd make a big long rope and they'd put knots in it at six feet. And they'd drop it because why? They didn't want to get shipwrecked. They didn't want to get stuck on a reef. They didn't want to get stuck in a place that they didn't know where they were at and not be able to get out and be subject to the come and going of the tide, let alone destruction of the ship. So they would drop these ropes with notes, knots tied in them to see how far down they would go. And then when the rope hit on the knot, they would say, oh, there it is, it's resting. And they'd pull it back up and they'd count the knots that went down. Something about a rope. A rope's a tether. If Jeff Green was up here, he'd start laughing at me. He said, I don't like ropes. <laughs> a little joke between he and I. It's a tether. You put an animal on a rope it can only go as far as the rope pulls, unless it breaks the rope. 
Ropes are hopelessness. Ropes are tethers. Ropes stop you from becoming what you're supposed to come or going where you're supposed to go or being what you're supposed to be. And instead of counting the knots, look at the rope and see one that never ends. Don't count the failures. Count the faith. So, beloved, there is no end of your rope. To come to the end of the rope means that you've exhausted all of your resources. Well, you can't exhaust the abundance of Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's always more. But you say, well, I wasn't a good steward of what I had. Well, he knew that when he died in hell for you. And when he resurrected for you again and he said, okay, Frank, now let's take another shot at it, son. Did you learn your lesson? Because I still believe in you. I gave my only begotten son for you, my son. I also consider that being hitched to a rope is like being yoked. Another thing about ropes, a rope that yokes you to something that's no good needs to be broken by what? An anointing. An anointing breaks the yoke. What anointing? The anointing that comes from faith through the power of the resurrection. That breaks the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. But there's also something that we've learned about the power of three, and that is a threefold cord is hard to be broken. So the threefold cord tells us that the power of the resurrection, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, in you, that you become one with them. It doesn't mean there's four of us. It means we're one in the Godhead. There's one. Jesus said one, not four. You're not the fourth on the outside. You're not a person trying to get in. You're not somebody who needs a little bit more to become all that God's called you to be. You're there, and He's there. He's in you, you're in Him, and the power of the oneness of the threefold cord is your faith. The power of the oneness of the threefold cord is your faith, and it cannot be broken. That's the good news. Now, you might be in despair. You might be pressed down on all sides. You might be wondering, what can I do? I want you to look for a moment at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 with me. Paul continued to expound on his revelation wherever he went. Not one place, not one church, not one people got it all. Whether it's in the book of Romans, whether it's in the Philippians, whether it was a letter to Timothy, it continued to grow and the revelation continued to expand. Paul said, I'm not trying to build on another man's word, on another man's gospel, on another man's house. He said, I'm building upon which God has given me. That's why our theme, it isn't, it's not new, it's Pauline. That's why our whole study, that's why the basis of our faith and what we do is to build upon what? The firm foundation of the Word of God, but with the fresh revelation. 
Paul was always looking for more revelation, more revelation, more revelation. I would venture to say once he, he too was set free and went into the heavenly places, he's still pressing on for more revelation, more understanding, more knowledge, more, more power in the things of God. So when he wrote to the Corinthians, he was building upon what he had already said. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. Paul understood what it meant to be in bonds. He understood what it meant to be in prison. He understood what it meant to be persecuted, shipwrecked, lost. Even those that he went to, to be affirmed and to get strong with in Jerusalem council, they, they didn't like him. They didn't trust him. They felt that he was going out on his own. They didn't understand that he had a, a different assignment than what they had. He was a peculiar person, this guy. I mean, after all, he wasn't even married. Something wrong with him. He didn't have 10, 20, 30 people, children, as was the way in that time. This guy was strange. He's telling them that Jesus met him on the way. Oh, yeah, okay. Told him he went to heaven. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul was a very strange dude. But he, he wrote and he built upon it, 2 Corinthians. But we all, with unveiled face, 18, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's a process. Part of our process is failure. Listen to me. Part of our process is failure. Part of our process is learning how to overcome hope and despair with faith. The Gospels told us that if you're in the kingdom of God, you'll be persecuted by all kinds of things. Things that don't make sense. Some things we deserve, some things we don't deserve. Some things we caused ourselves, some we didn't. Some people just rile upon you because you're different. <laughs> People just don't accept you because you don't fit into what their expectation is. Or you won't play the game the way they play it. You're outside the window. You're outside the place. You do things differently. But you're moving. Paul, early on in Acts, this was early on in Acts when he was talking to the Greeks. In him, we live and move and we have our being. The one thing he understood was that when you're in the kingdom of God, everything's moving. Nothing ever becomes stagnant. So that means that when you stub your toe, when you have a failure, when you have a problem, when you're slipping away, when something doesn't seem right, when despair begins to come in and hopelessness begins to try to convince you you're at the end of the rope with somebody or something, that's when you've got to say, hold on, I'm moving. I can't be stuck on this place. It's impossible. I'm in God. God's in me. We're moving from this and we're going to this. I don't know what this is. I sure know what that is. I don't want that anymore. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to begin to hope. I'm going to hope because that hope is called faith that has substance of the things that I'm hoping for. I may not see it. There may not even be evidence of it right here, but by God, I know we're moving towards it. Because that's what my Lord said. I'm not at the end of my rope. I'm at a new place to begin. It's not a stop. It's a beginning. It's a new beginning. It's not a problem. It's an opportunity.
An opportunity for what? To God to show his glory through you. Through you. Through you. So, let's just read a few more scriptures here and I'm done. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We don't become hopeless. We don't lose heart. You say, Pastor, that's not how I'm feeling. Well, that's because that's just a feeling. You didn't lose anything. You're just, you got some stinking thinking going on inside your head. And you need to get rid of it. You need a little bit of nefesh of God, a little aerosol breath of God to get rid of that stench. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then this one. Oh, we love this one. I am sure that Paul received this and shared this with great delight. You do not get a revelation like this unless you needed it. You don't get a revelation like this unless you lived it. You don't get this understanding of God unless he knew that not only you needed it in order for you to not only survive but thrive, but so that you could minister it to others. I've told you many times, the person I don't want to be around is the one who tells me their whole life has been a success and they've never had a problem and they've never done anything wrong. I want to get as far away from that person as I can. Because either they're a hypocrite or, you know what, they're just too good for me. I just got to get away. I love that person that says, I was a sinner. I don't deserve to be where I am in God. He saved my life. He put me back in the place I ought to be. He picks me up all the time. He shows me which ways to go. Once I was poor, but now I'm rich in him. Blessed be the poor in God. For the Lord says they're blessed in heaven. Blessed. That person you can get real with. That person you can trust. That person understands the little blessings of God to be giant, giant blessings of God. That person walks in gratitude for all things of God, small, big, problems, no problems. That person can be trusted. That person has value. And so the word says to us, let's go on to a few more scriptures, please. Verse 7, here it is. Verse 7, chapter 4. But we have this treasure. In earthen vessels. What? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. What treasure? And, and, and what does the Holy Spirit bring us? Glory. Glory. The God stuff. The power of resurrection. Glory. You see, there are teachings, denominational teachings that say you don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you came up out of the water, you received the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Everybody has the Holy Spirit. Well, how come then I'm not seeing the manifestation of miracles and powers in the Holy Spirit? Well, you don't understand that was for that time. Because they don't understand the power of the resurrection. 
They don't understand who it is in dwelling inside of us. Yes, it's God dwelling inside of us. Yes, we have his Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is the force of power that raised Jesus Christ from the resurrection and gives you all power over all things in his name. How much faith do you want? Do you want to measure your faith in a box so that you sound nice and religious and everybody says you're not fanatical? Or do you want to say, I believe God, and I believe God's going to do this. No, you don't understand, Pastor. The doctor said I got stage 4 cancer. Well, glory be to God, because when you don't have it, you can go back to the doctor and say stage 4 went out the door. Well, they said I'm going to lose my kidney. But now they said my kidney's restored. Hey! They said I'm never going to get delivered of this addiction. I've had it too long. My mama had it. My mama's mama had it. My mama's 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 had it. We're going to be drunks the rest of our life. No! I'm always going to be poor. No matter what happens, I just get poor. I get a little bit of my... Hey! Jesus Christ said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Whose report are you going to believe? The power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection. The devil didn't understand everything he lost when Christ erupted from hell. But what he lost was everything. He lost everything. Don't fear him who can kill the body, but he who afterwards can cast you into hell. Devil has no claim to anybody unless God gives him claim. The devil isn't sovereign. Don't attribute everything that happens in your life to the devil that you don't like. Hey! Who's your God? God Almighty! The devil's not directing my steps. God has directed my steps. There's only one sovereign in all of creation, and his name is God Almighty. You see, when you walk with that kind of faith, oh, but pastor, you don't understand. He's a good God. Yes, he is a good God. He, 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 God, God, God can have no part of evil. Oh, really? Who destroyed the earth? Who sent the floods? The devil? I don't think so. Huh? You think Jehu worked for the devil? When he slayed Jezebel, said, throw her off the wall. Leave her body here with the dogs. I'm going to go eat. When I come back, we'll bury her because she happened to be the queen to him. When they came back, all that was left was some hands and a feet and a skull. Huh? Hmm? You know, God is God, is God Almighty. And God is... God says that the kingdom of God is violent and the violent take it by force. Not calling us to be violent. He's talking about his own force. There's a day coming upon the earth. You know what that day is called? The day of the vengeance of the Lord. Of the Lord. Of the Lord. Not of the devil. That's why I, you'll never see me in anything that I write where I put a capital S on Satan. Never happened. It's always a little S. And sometimes people correct it and I jump down their throat. I say, you want to respect him, you go on ahead. He ain't nothing but a little man to me. He's not a mister. He's not a missus. He's not a doctor. He's not a reverend. He, he ain't nothing but a little S. 
And you could take it anywhere you want from there. Ralph got it. <laughs> you got to be a Marine to get that one, right? Yeah. Finally, verse 16, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians. Therefore, we don't lose heart. This is all about not losing heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, hey, I wake up sometimes with things I don't like about my body. There's some, st I got a few more hairs perished. How about when you wake up and something springs up on your toe? What, what the heck is that thing? You grab a shoe, start beating it down. Get out of here. You see something pop up on your body. Oh, now you women are all looking at each other, not me. Us guys, we just sort of fluff it off, right? I mean, I've only been to a skin doctor, I think, once. My wife made me go, and she says, but you get these little things. I said, yeah, I lop them off with a razor. She goes, don't do that. I said, I just get rid of them. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you do the same thing, right, Hadley? I ain't going to the doctor. I got a razor. Bing, forgive me. That's just the way I deal with things. It's better than burning them off. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man, listen, the inward man, say the inward man is being renewed day by day by the glory of the Father. And in the power of his resurrection, what kind of power is that? The greatest power the earth has ever seen and shall ever see. For our light affliction, Paul calls it light. I'm hopeless. I'm at the, ah, he says, that's nothing. Been there and done that multiple times. Our light affliction, what is but for a moment, is working, working. In him we live, we move, we have our being. It's working us a far more exceeding and eternal what? Glory. Weight of glory. He's not talking about a title. He's not talking about something being written about you. He's not even talking about you getting a check mark in the book of life. He's talking about the real stuff, the God stuff, the glory. It is working in you a greater glory of God. More power. More power. More power. Hopelessness cannot exist where you have the power of God. Can't. Can't cannot unless you open the door and let it in and you know what you do when a thief's trying to come in your house i don't know what you're going to do he better have on a big shield armor because he's going to get eight popped right in him real quick <laughs> pastor frank ain't nobody coming in my house with the bad decision to make they carry him out we'll pray for him afterwards What do you think, Brother Dave? You agree? <laughs> Power. A weight of glory. And guess what? It's not just that you're storing it up in heaven. You see, we get the wrong attitude again because we're religious about eternity. Eternity is something I'm going to be in. No, no, it's something you already are at. Come on. Eternity isn't what's waiting on you. Eternity is who you are. It's your identity. You're eternal. You're eternal right now. You're in this world, but you're a citizen of another world. 
And you've got all of the heavenly power of God vested in you as a child of the living God. You've been raised from the dead with Jesus Christ in resurrection power. And that eternal glory is grown in you in the here and now right on the earth. Right on the earth. And the law of God, oh, I love it. That's when you build upon the word of God. The law of God says from the very beginning, the Lord showed us what he's about. Let every kind, mm, 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 let every kind, mm, let every kind multiply, bring forth its own kind. I got glory, I'm going to multiply glory. You got glory, give me some of that glory. We're going to multiply. We're going to go in a threefold court. Pull, 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 glory, glory, more glory, multiply, multiply, multiply. My kind bringing forth more kind. You can't help but do that because that's the word of God. Oh, Pastor Frank, you are a fanatic. Yes, I am. I am radical in my faith. I believe Jesus is coming again. I believe he's coming. I believe he's coming to this generation. I believe that when he comes here on earth, every knee's gonna bow and every tongue gonna confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that his saints are being equipped with all the power that we need to overcome everything here on earth and in the heavens right now. To prepare the way for his coming. And unlike any other generation before us, and maybe those coming after us, but I don't think so. You are getting more power. You are getting more empowerment. You are getting more entitlement. You are getting more revelation. You are getting more opportunity. You're getting everything you need to overcome the gross darkness on this earth, preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. God will not put you in a place where he doesn't give you a deliverance. He will not put you in a place where he doesn't give you deliverance. God already said, I'm not going to destroy the earth like this again. Some people just think the whole earth is going to break out in all chaos. And, you know, those who love the Lord are going to go fly away and the rest are going to be doomed to hell on earth. Come on. Sounds good. Is that your God? Is that the word of God? Is that the promise of God? Hmm? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that all, all who call upon his name shall not perish. God's done with that cycle of death. God wants life. Finally, this verse. Matthew 5, verse 3, the Beatitudes. Do you know that it's been written that the crowd that was following Jesus, that he finally went on the mountain, gave the Beatitudes, was, was filled with all kind of hopeless people. The lame, the blind, the crippled, the poor, the outcast, the lepers, off to the distance. Hanging on the words, trying to find some hope where there was no hope. And he gives us the Beatitudes. And you know what this one says? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. One of the translations for that 
in the common English Bible is happy are people who are hopeless because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Hmm. Beloved, my prayer for you today, my prayer for everyone today is that you realize that you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope because there is no end of your rope. My prayer is that you'll find out that God's got more, greater, longer, better. And my prayer is this, that now that you know him and you know him better, that you will know and practice the power of his resurrection in you. Even the fellowship of his sufferings, realizing it's all been paid for already and conforming to his death so that you can conform to his resurrection. That's my prayer. That's our prayer. That's our promise. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to take an offering, and I'm going to ask you to load in the queue a song. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a bit entertaining. I'll maybe tell you about it afterwards and maybe not let you guess. Um, it's got, got a bounce to it. We talked about a bounce. It has a bounce. And uh, I happen to know the person that wrote it, and they wrote it coming out of a time when they needed a bounce. And uh, so we're going to listen to that. I don't want to interrupt too much. I'm going to wait till everyone who has an envelope has one. Just put your hand up if you need one, please. Thank you. Got one up here, Joe, up here. Okay. Yeah, give Ralph three of them. He, he needs about. <laughs> right here, yeah. Anybody else? An envelope? Thank you for your giving. If you're <clears throat> watching us online, you can give to www.touchheaven.com. You could give by text, 330-845-6005. You can mail to us at 10 Skyline Drive, Touch Heaven. Canfield, Ohio, and if you're buying from Amazon, hit that little thing with a smile and bless us. How many of you saw that your parking lot has been resealed and relined? Isn't it nice? All things new and fresh unto the Lord. We bless God for that. Yes, yes, you helped make that possible. Thank you so much. We had uh, somebody stop in and, and, and leave a message with one of the staff saying to thank me, but I don't know why they thank me, but they were really thanking us, saying how much the people in the neighborhood appreciate and in the area what has happened to this temple unto the Lord. Amen. The Lord be glorified. The Lord deserves the best. Our best, right? I got cracks in my driveway, but by God, we're not having them here. Right? I'm okay with my cracks, but not okay with my cracks in the Lord's house. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, um, how about, I think it's only three and a half minutes. You got three and a half minutes, you want to hear something? Huh? How many say no? Okay, we're going to listen to it. Go ahead, Dwayne. Turn it up loud, son.
you're feeling kind of low and most times just so-and-so, why don't you hang around a second and sit it down? Don't you know, bro, there's a better way for you today? By God, he came to fame and there's power in his name. See, you just have to tell him that you ain't been doing things quite right. Cause the Lord knows without him you can't win the fight. You see, his way is easy, and that's seeing the light. Don't you know everybody's your brother? Don't you know everybody's your sister? Don't you know you ain't just another? Just another loser? You ain't just another loser. Just so you know, he counts the most, brother. Just so you know, you ain't just another simple sack jack, a real sorry sucker. Been first, always last. Call upon his name, you don't need no fancy words, bro. Jesus is the king, he is the Lord of Lords. Are you dying adults? Tired of taking your lumps? Are you tired and poor and can't take it no His way is easy, he is the light Don't you know everybody's your brother? Don't you know everybody's your sister? Just so you know Just so you know he counts the most brother Just so you know he's 